five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Pwn Podcast, your premier podcast for the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually just a day late by Jordan at Sir Dr. JM, host of the One Man Watchpoint. Doesn't have a Twitter account, but he tells you to follow at Sir Dr. JM. Not here right now on the Adani Strife. He might join us a little bit later in this whole like, you know, daylight reschedule thing. I would totally suggest that uh, we're a well-organized podcast, uh, but uh, we decided to to make that change five minutes uh, before we were going to like hit record. So uh, welcome, Jordan. How goes it? Uh, it goes well. I'm sure you, you saw the tweet. Um, I'm sure everyone here saw the tweet, but as, as you know, or if you don't know, the Ready Set Pwn uh, Twitter account tweeted out that uh, there were some problems with recording last night, so we did reschedule. Uh, and I'm here to, you know, stand up for the people, stand up for us, uh-huh. us peons, and say that it was because Alex and I were, were standing against the tyranny and saying, you know, we deserve better working conditions. And so we refused to record last night. Um I have returned. My my conditions were met, but uh, Alex, I had thought we were on the same page. It seems like maybe not. We'll we'll see. I, I hear he's still in some uh, harsh negotiations. So, yeah, his people currently talking to to my people. Um, I don't know what's going on because I'm here with you. Um, I'm genuinely surprised uh, that uh, you accepted. Uh, you know. Uh, the offer that uh, was recently presented that, uh, you know, allows you to reduce what you have to pay me to be here. Uh, it was, it was a compromise. I will admit the, the butterfingers being included helped. Um, hey. I, do, I do appreciate a baby force is doing her part. Eichenwald. Yep. Yep. That, that helps. Um, and, and yeah, I was, I was hopeful for more, more uh, sponsorship deals there, maybe some cheese at grooves or mm-hmm. um, something along those lines. But I, I actually am a big fan of Butterfinger, oddly yeah. enough. You know, you don't so, find a lot of us, but I am a big fan of Butterfinger. The the funny thing is when I first saw Butterfinger, I was like, is that always been there? I just never. Like, I know, right? Because I wasn't really, I hadn't been paying attention to all of the matches and I see it again. It just took a bit. But, but yeah, it, it's, I'm, I'm curious if it's like they've designed these you know, sponsorship like sprays to, mm-hmm. or if they're like overlaying within the stream, which is equally, you know, possible because it's not there. It yeah. seems once the match actually sort of gets fully underway, but I would, but, I would love uh, to have a, uh, a Butterfinger cam where it's like, you know how you see like OBS Junkrat <laughs> has joined the match and it's like OBS <laughs> Butterfinger. <laughs> that would be <laughs> awesome. Just, uh, the view, uh, a Butterfinger free cam or something mm-hmm. that uh, is controlled by Butterfinger that yeah, flies around the map. That's right. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> uh, after an entire season, they've found some sponsors or actually, is it more than fingers? Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I say sponsors, but really I might've pluraled something or pluralized yeah. something that doesn't need to be plural. Uh, but no, you and I here, we're going to talk about how the Toronto defiant, uh, are doing. I mean, I think it's obvious <laughs> They're done, um, how they did. Uh, so if you hadn't, I'm so sorry we spoiled that without putting a spoiler alert. But you're going to be listening to this episode uh, two full days after their 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 
their match, their last match. So we'll talk a little bit about, uh, about that. Um, and then, uh, what else has been going on with the Overwatch League uh, playoffs, which is playing towards a grand final that'll have a live audience this weekend. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, there might be a few other things that uh, we've been involved in that we might be able to touch on as well. But, uh, without further ado, let's start, uh, pushing this payload. Moving the payload. Join me. We spoiled it, but let's rewind it a little bit. We're going to get back into that first match the Toronto Defiant had uh, against uh, the Houston Outlaws, which, uh, if you recall, listening to our show, you know, a week ago-ish, because it's, you know, plus one day, uh, the three of us, myself, Jordan, and Omni, had said, yeah, we, we think Toronto... Uh, Toronto has a shot. I mean, it, it's actually, you know, Jordan, it's kind of unfortunate. Omni, you know, is still trying to sort out his issues with my most recent offer. It's very true. Uh, uh, I think he would have had some great thoughts to uh, to bring to the table on this match. Mm-hmm. You know what? I figured 140K viewers for that match. We, we went over almost a quarter of a million. I, I figured there must be a little bit left from that ever-growing Overwatch 2 pie and... Uh, we made the arrangements. I've signed the NDAs. I, I guess I, I can do this. Wow. Look, you hear that voice? Look who finally showed yeah. up. Yeah. You know, you, you never truly value someone until they're gone from your intro. And, and now you see how much uh, uh, value I'm, I'm bringing back here. So, yeah, I, I definitely did not skip on it because I, you know, might have forgotten by any chance or, or might have been somewhere somewhere else. Definitely not. No. Well, you were at the negotiating table. Really. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were you weren't going to settle for the butterfingers, like uh, no, I got like the whole. I I got the entire uh, table, like literally the negotiation table. I, I got it wow. too. So. <laughs> I got the butterfingers. You got the table. <laughs> Sounds like we're ready for a feast. Hell yeah! Oh. <laughs> but uh, you know. Seeing as we're all here, let's talk a little bit about that first match the Toronto Defiant had against the Houston Outlaws. Uh, as I just mentioned a moment ago, the three of us had said this was a, a match that Toronto was going to win. Um, I think we all sort of collectively agreed that was based on what we knew going into it. And while the Toronto Defiant lost three Overwatch, I don't know how to phrase this in a way that makes sense. But it felt to me that this was the better match that Toronto played, <laughs> despite losing 3-0 and then sure. making it as close as you could possibly get in against their, their follow-up opponent. And and I and I don't want to take anything away from how Houston had played, but like when you watch this. Um, maybe uh, Busan was the one area where okay, Toronto could have done much better, but like and both Parizo and Dorado, it felt like, okay, Toronto's done what they need to do. They're going to win. And each time they got all of this, like, you know, like Parizo, especially phenomenal progress. And suddenly it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to lose all that, that clock that we took away from Houston ourselves. Um, thankfully they had a little, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but like Houston was just able to clutch do that just that much more. Like to me, they, you know, Pelican sure uh, put in an effort to throw out the entire match. Uh, but I just, again, I collectively, I thought Toronto did well. Yeah. Yeah. 
you want to start with Busan? Like the first map, I think was Becca base. That was the map where Toronto yeah. were going strong, and they had a ninety nine, but somehow <laughs> it slipped through their butter fingers. Uh, I see what I did there. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, that's part of my my uh, deal. I now need to. Um, Gotta drop in, the name at least five times. Drop, drop yes. in every second sentence the the, the sponsorship. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, I take the table back. <laughs> I I think Houston didn't start on the meta picks, right? They they played Orissa yeah. a little bit on Dante. I was really surprised. To see that. Yeah, we saw Don Tank on Orissa. Um, uh, I believe no this Kiriko. was where they had the. Um, did they not have Kariko? I thought they not in the database. Not backwards. Okay, because I I know we also saw DPS switching between um, a Reaper and and Tracer um, yeah. uh, with the Pelican. Right now. Creative was on BAP. Um, we did have Reaper and Sojourn, uh, but yes, Don Tank on the Orisa, Lastro on Lucio. But yeah, BAP yeah, it's the next map that we Arisa. then saw the the Tracer. But like, yeah, you're right. It's, we haven't seen <clears throat> what has been the defined playoff meta, mm-hmm. right? Which, um, is very interesting because I mean, as you say, like every team that has not played the meta with the exception of probably this match, it's not gone in their favor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw Atlanta do a, or try a similar method yeah. against the Florida mayhem, have a little bit of success with it, but I think spoilers, if you haven't been watching Atlanta's out now, right? Uh, I think there was a post on, on competitive overwatch that um, on the subreddit that this is by far the least diverse diverse uh, uh, playoffs yet in terms of hero mm. picks it's literally the five picks and some right. you know very low uh pick rates below like a two percent one percent on on some yeah, new right. heroes which is interesting comparative to the final stage which was mm. a non-curico stage with a you know non uh, patch adjustment yeah. there was so much diversity yeah. There were like, you know, the, yeah, there was quite clearly a sort of defined meta, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like one and number two is somewhere, you know, four tiers down. Yeah. It is, there was a one with a very close one B, maybe a high two A, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. you, you had that. Um, we should also point out like Toronto, because, you know, Winston's in play, answered the question, Muse was in. Yeah, that's what we expected, right? And we expected them to perform well in this meta as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, this is why, like, looking at Busan, it felt to me that Toronto, like Toronto, they just couldn't close out Mecha Base. They had a couple of opportunities. They made some mistakes. Uh, Pelican doint. Um, I think it was at one point uh, Hisu, and then once and Toronto lost the damage, it was all she wrote. Um, but trying, we saw a hog. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dante comes out on hog. Uh, and, again, and, and Pelican just did what the hever you want, whatever you wanted well, on, on tracer. tracer. And he did. Yeah. He was on tracer. They were playing with, uh, Kiriko at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the most surprising part was, was the hog. And I believe Dante played it for the whole round as well. Yeah. Right through to 100%, mm-hmm. and it was just it was about a no cap for Toronto. Yeah. They did they did cap it towards 90%, but that seemed to be about it. Now, th- this was like a really weird map, even considering the rest of the maps in, in this matchup. And that that's the weird part for me. Um, 
we're going to talk a little bit about the second match with the weird, you know, flipping who plays the soldier and who plays the, the reaper. And one another weird thing is the Hadba on the monkey. And you know, we, we, I'm going back to the point where why we thought that Toronto should have won this against Houston. We thought that, like, looking at the meta that actually did happen to be the meta uh, would favor them, right? With Twilight mm-hmm. on the Kiriko. And, and we did see him play pretty well. Uh, it's just underwhelming with mm-hmm. how much they, I don't know, it, it is underperformed uh, the right word. I don't, I don't even know at this point. Like, but I, well, so, well they, yeah. yeah, like when you look at Paris, this is where like we get the mirror matchup. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is identical. And, and Toronto, I mean, on, on their defense, maybe could have been more efficient on that first point. Um, but they were able to then chew up clock and right. they did extremely well once they got in the club yeah. um, where if anything, things maybe went askew is uh, the finale alts weren't getting value. Um, he was constantly dealing with a Dante bubble. It seemed Merritt <clears throat> um, also woke up. Yeah, it was, you know, we we weren't seeing from Toronto real pop-off moments. Um, I don't know if either of you watched the the highlight pack from the Overwatch League, but they show very few Toronto-defiant pop-off moments, and it sort of occurred to me there really wasn't. There was a couple times where Hisu maybe would get a couple of kills um, through alts, um, but it's not that <clears throat> Toronto, again, wasn't playing well. They were just, they were pretty balanced. Um, yeah. They weren't. They were doing what they should have done to win. And I honestly saw them winning Pariso. Like, okay, so, yeah. you know, they couldn't clutch it out to keep uh, Houston from getting all the way to the, the end. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You've got time. Like, I think they had, what, 23 seconds. They had a better so, time. Yeah, and okay, Houston comes out of the gate. They take that point again quick. But the fact that they were able to snowball the payload almost to the second point mm-hmm. in in overtime should not happen. Like if you're yeah. Toronto, you make a stand and then you go and you take that high ground, you get those picks. And it's like. It just got yeah. staggered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really right. Hard. They didn't, they didn't regroup and they then had to rely on the, the quick clock to ultimately stop the payload. But Hey, you got 23 more seconds than Houston does. And it takes those 23 seconds just to cap. Yeah. And I, I don't like, it felt like it was, if, if I were to go in and categorize this, it's as if it's like nerves. I was going to say, I mean, it is, it is interesting to compare it in some ways to the summer showdown where we know, uh, Toronto started things off, you know, by losing and moving to the the losers bracket, and they they were pretty open about the fact that yeah, playing in front of a live audience was was a little different, and you know, playing on land was different. And they weren't really expecting that uh, to affect them as much as it did, and mm-hmm. it did. But they got over it, right? They they got over that, and obviously in this situation, they're not in front of a live audience, but they are playing on land. You know, there are people there regardless. Um, it is a different environment than they're used to. Um, and, and it does, it did occur to me that, okay, you know what, maybe I should have predicted this would happen. Houston is a bit of a rival for them this season. They've been, um, 
they've put up good fights against them. I think Houston has the edge on on how many matchups they've they've won. But there were a few there where Toronto was competitive, where Toronto shut them down, where Toronto did win. Yeah. So, you know, add it all together. Maybe I should have predicted that they would lose this first one. But again, even if I had put them into the loser's bracket first round, I mean, I didn't expect Hangzhou to perform as well as they did. Um, but I probably mm-hmm. would have given them at least one win in the loser's bracket because maybe it would be a similar situation. Maybe it's the nerves. Yeah. Maybe it's playing on land. Maybe it's those things. And I well, would have hoped much, that in the loser's bracket, they could step it up. But how, how much do you think Muse sliding in in place of Hotbar, who's been the exclusive yeah. tank for essentially two stages? Yeah. Like I get, I'm not suggesting that, you know, the Muse Winston isn't the play. And this is not to say Muse <laughs> didn't play well. I don't think he played poorly. No. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't dominant, but it, it didn't occur to me that he was a hole in the, uh, the armor. But I mean, is there a, a lack of synergy? Because it, yeah, that first map you lost, <clears throat> but Rizzo, you had multiple winning conditions and could not capitalize. I, mm-hmm. There's nobody who would consistently step up for Toronto. Uh, we spoke a lot, not just us, but in Overwatch 2, DPS makes a lot of difference. And uh, when everybody spoke about like who should be MVP, uh, this discussion came up a lot. More than ever in Overwatch 2 compared to Overwatch 1, this has become a ground that's rife for, for popping off moments for, for DPS. Who's the carry on the Defiant? Isu maybe yeah sure yeah but like the big superstar I'm not really sure who's calling the shots there who's yeah. who's the one who would you know set the tone and just go crazy and, and and consistently pull out a win when you shouldn't get one and Toronto is is I think still maybe something with the construction of the team with the shot calling with with coaching I'm speculating all of these can be wrong and all of these can be right. Mm-hmm. There's just no, there's no sixth gear here. Mm-hmm. They're always like fine, but even when they're playing against teams that should be beatable, those teams kind of somehow always take it up a notch, right? They they mm-hmm. they go the extra mile, and and they especially like on LAN or in playoffs where where things get really important. Outside of that one performance that they had. There's way more times where I took down notes for what Marriott was able to do or, yeah. or Pelican or later down uh, with the second match about a play that was pretty nuts from whether it was Gushue or Shai. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it seems like a pattern against Toronto. I, I, I don't no, know. No, I, I, think, I, think I think you're right. It, it, like as you're sort of describing it, I mean, it's the the first thing I'm thinking. It was like Fast and the Furious, um, and how you know any race that doms in, there is this patience, waits for his competitor to hit the nitrous a little too early, right? Like yeah, burnout, and then he does like he has that sort of pop off that dominant moment, and because he does what it for his family. What what is Toronto? Yeah, well, what does Toronto believe in? Well, I hope they believe in the family. <laughs> CN Tower. But, you know, I, they're they're a, quote-unquote, well-oiled machine. 
but they don't have that person who's calling the shots knows the right moment. And then having that pop off, like, you know, if we have seen it, I think you're right. Hisu, we'd see Hisu suddenly become that dominant force. Occasionally finale, um, hot, maybe from time to time, but we didn't Mm -hmm. see any of that in this matchup. Whereas you're right in both of these two matches, we saw these moments where, you know, things weren't necessarily going right. And suddenly that person goes and gets two, three picks, yeah. um, drastically alters the, you know, the play. Like we actually, you know, in Dorado, I think is a great example where Toronto seemed to be boomed until they got into hangar. Like their defense was non-existent and Toronto did well chewing up the clock to provide themselves an opportunity to on attack return the favor and their attack was pretty darn good. But once they got into hangar, Houston did something very similar. Toronto still has alt economy in their favor. And what happens? Well, you have a Chorong beat that gets blocked by a Dante bubble. So I think it was muse that disappears. Um, finale pops his Q while he's in his, his alt, um, which isn't getting any value here because of the bubble. And I think we had seen a beat Merrick goes and doinks him in the head. <laughs> and it's, it's that collection of, you know, we need to shut them down now. And suddenly Toronto as well, you got two yeah. players coming back from spawn and overtime and Houston's yeah. got all five on the payload. Mm-hmm. Uh, to- Toronto is kind of like that villain in anime or or like i don't know like in rocky you'd have that always strong opponent who'd punch rocky in the face multiple i will break you exactly and he's just there to make their opponents look good and then when things look really dire for for toronto's opponent that's kind of when they find it in them uh to 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 win and toronto is not come on i ain't hear no bell (laughs) Nobody's afraid of Hisu, okay? Nobody's afraid of Toronto. <laughs> I mean, that's that's well, the biggest problem, I, I'd say, from from looking at this season. Sure, yeah. uh, people might be afraid of facing Twilight or Chirong, but it's Overwatch too. Like you're you're not gonna have a season one Jonak moment where literally a flex support will will carry you uh, and and destroy everybody across. The uh, Hong Zhao would like to point out that you have a DPS <laughs> trying to do a hard carry with Kariko. So, well, that, that guy uh, used to be pretty awesome on the Titans when he decided to blade everyone in the server. Yeah. But man, right. well, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's definitely yeah. a very interesting little uh, tidbit there. And uh, I really enjoyed his performance. Uh, from, Teru was incredible, really. Yeah. So I mean, Toronto defiant. Oh. Go ahead, Jordan. I was, I was just going to say, you know, certainly we can move on from this this Outlaws match because there just wasn't much much to speak about, honestly. Um, the second match, in my opinion, was more exciting and obviously a little more competitive, I'd say, too. But, mm-hmm. um, again, I just, like, to touch on all your guys, or both your guys' points, like, for Toronto, I think all too often... Uh, when Hisu hasn't been popping off, you do see Twilight picking up some of the slack. And you see him mm-hmm. popping off because he's playing characters mm-hmm. that he's very comfortable with, he's very familiar with. And in some cases, he would go to his you know most notable hero and he would jump to Ana and he would just change the game, right? And he was able to do that. But I think with him trying to focus on Kiriko, 
Um, I think it kind of meant that unless Hisu or whoever else was on DPS, you know, Finale or something, uh, unless they were able to kind of share the load with Hisu, we just, unfortunately, they weren't able to make anything work. Um, and, and I do think that's kind of what it comes down to, you know, with Houston, you look at Merritt and you look at Pelican and both of them pop off. One will do really well. Then the other will do really well. Maybe one of them does really good for a match, but then in the next match, they're kind of more even. Um, (laughs) and we see that with other teams too, right? We see that with Backbone and Sparker on the London Spitfire. Um, we see that with Shy and, uh, I think Alpha Yi is the, the other DPS on, on Hangzhou. Like you see the work being shared by the two players you probably think should be sharing the load. And I think that's kind of been the case all season with, with Toronto is generally speaking, we are always talking about, or even the desk is talking about, we want to see Hisu really popping off. We want to see him firing on all cylinders because they need that carry performance from someone. And when someone else isn't also popping off, that's when we see them do really bad. Yeah. Someone and it's not to say could they're be, performing. but not with Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> finale, although... Uh, sorry for t- to bring that one back from the dead, but but it really reminds me of the Dalton situation where, you know, unless you get some, some sort of help, Hisu, yeah. you're, you're the Dalton now. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's true. It's true. Other, other than the fact that you guys all speak the same language and are probably all in the in the discord together you know yeah it was uh yeah i don't know frustrating but well speaking of frustrating (laughs) there were moments in the second match though first one in the uh loser bracket that toronto had the opportunity to play against the hangzhou spark now this one i'm just gonna go straight to the chase here uh the toronto defiant lose three two goes full five Mm -hmm. and when you re you know gather yourself from the floor, having been shocked that I described the first one is better. And this one is the five math experience. We saw a couple things from Toronto that I don't think you would have expected after the first match. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there could be arguments made. Well, after that three overwatch, you have to make changes. Okay. But it felt to me that Toronto was much less dominant, but much more consistent so whereas against Houston, maybe they were hitting the, the nitro button a little bit early and they continued to lose, you know, three races in a row. This matchup, you just had Toronto doing the just enough method. It's kind of like how, you know, we've said they've gotten success on push yeah. maps. Just enough. Just enough. Mm-hmm. And the problem was that just <clears throat> enough puts you into a tough spot when you try to go and uh you know take those you know final fights as being what we're going to win on a on a payload or 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 what have yeah. you i mean maybe also it's it's a different opponent i don't think like i think Houston is a better team than Hangzhou uh Hangzhou is also kind of wobbly in a lot of aspects there were some moments there, though, um, like I said before, about other players popping off against Toronto away, Oasis. There was one point there that Chai would just get a pick after pick yeah. after pick. He had like a, he had like over a deadlift there, like 15 um, final blows out of 25 or something limbs on, <laughs> on that team. It was just crazy. Nobody could do anything about him. 
Um, also, I think that's when um, they flipped between the Reaper and the Sojourn, right? Finale and and Hisu yep. uh, on the yep. Reaper. Hisu, Hisu apparently has a very good Reaper, but I don't know if losing him on the Sojourn was was a good decision. Well, it, it, it worked for. I mean, a bit. in in my opinion. So, and I mean, it's funny because I did see uh, Adam Adamu, of course, at Grayson on Twitter. Um, who works for, well, is, is, what is he? C, CSM, something like that. CSO. Chief strategy officer. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, uh, for overactive media, of course, the company that owns the Toronto defiant. Um, he had tweeted out something along the lines of you aren't ready or something like this, uh, alluding to the fact that we were about to see something that we hadn't seen yet, which, which I thought is... was interesting. And I was very excited. Yeah, They to want see. a map. They want two maps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let, let's get back to the point that Hotba is in his tank. That's yes. maybe not surprising, but what did we see Hotba play five maps on? Monkey? Yeah. yeah. All monkey. Uh, that's and, not true. He switched to ball at the very end of uh, okay. the first round okay. of control. <laughs> I, I, stand, I stand corrected. Thank you. I, Thank you. I, I withdraw my comment. Yeah. yeah. A, a brave um, decision going up against Gushwe as well. But uh, and, and I think well. I think this was honestly the right call. It's very yeah. much in my mind a similar situation to uh, what Atlanta did, bringing in uh, uh, Gator. Right? They have been playing with Hawk, or is yeah. it vice versa? One of them. No, they were only playing exclusively with Hawk all the time. Right. So in in their final match, they brought in Gator because Gator is known to be the better Winston of the two. Right. And. I think Toronto is in very a very similar situation. You know what? Let's do something out of the ordinary. Let's do something crazy because ultimately, what have we got to lose? We lose this game, we're out. We win this game, we continue. We yeah. play something weird and we lose. Guess what? It's the same result. You play something weird and you win. Well, maybe that's your strategy going forward, right? Um, so I think they made the right choice going going a little off the rails, switching up Hisu, uh, you know, taking Hisu off the Sojourn, putting him on Reaper, bringing Finale in on on the Sojourn. Um, he did have a few moments I felt like overall, you know, throughout the match where where he looked good on Sojourn. Um, I, you do wonder how much of this comes down to prep time, right? Uh, did Hotba have a ton of time to practice, Monkey? I or? don't imagine they had this as their plan a or b <laughs> this was plan f p q something way down there well i mean you look you look at this lineup i mean there are essentially four players that you would move around finale although hot muse yeah I, you know i can't imagine hisu dropping out twilight and choro locked in Just so bench twilight be done with it <laughs> but although on support but I, you know, if if you were to say, "Hey, Chris, okay, Hotba makes sense. It didn't work with me. Okay, fine, I would agree." And now, you know, to my mm-hmm. point earlier, could have been bringing him in created a lack of synergy, sort of, you know, yep. a, a a an unbalanced force, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I wondered if maybe there was an opportunity for all though to find a way in. Like, if you're going to go in and move Hisu into the Reaper, maybe I think although could potentially play a, a a sojourn as needed i mean i i don't know how he or finale perform um comparatively in scrims but like you know what i mean like if you're going to start making these switches like yeah. again to your point what do you have to lose yeah totally yeah but, you know things things did get underway on oasis and as Omni pointed out um 
you know, Shai was able to go and not only right click anyone he wanted to oblivion, but he seemed to have a hundred percent charge nonstop. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of like the same uh, story that we saw versus Houston. They were playing out of their minds, Toronto, at the start. They they, they played really mm-hmm. nicely. They were up to ninety nine, and Hangzhou recaps it with with you know a good combo. And it's close, but Shai clutches it, and they lose the map. And then what happens in university? It's just a stomp. It's just a freaking stomp. Almost had to uh, give you extra work there, uh, Chris. <laughs> but Almost I do done. have in my in my newly negotiated uh, uh, contract, I can drop a bomb here and there. So, oh. I mean, con- considering the bomb <laughs> you dropped before you went into negotiations a few weeks back at the end of the show, hey, there was no bomb there. It's just your dirty minds. Like I was, <laughs> everything Bono there was birds. Yeah. at most PG thirteen. So yeah. So, university, though, as a map can be very well skewed towards stomps, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you once sure. once things start to snowball, the chokes on that map are brutal. It's also hard when, when the sojourn does not miss. That's true. You don't miss. <laughs> I remember that clip from Snoop, I think. It's pretty good. That's how I felt about Shia. It's... Uh, <laughs> That's accurate, right? Uh-huh. Like they, Hangzhou took down Shanghai. Like you know, they they were a force to be reckoned with. I I think it would have been shocking to hear many people pick Toronto over Hangzhou after how they performed against Shanghai and how they have been performing uh, in this tournament. Uh, <laughs> they're they're very good. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, then we get ourselves into to Parizo. And what does Toronto do here? Exactly what they did the against same. the outlaws. Um, but <laughs> un, unlike the match previous. <laughs> Sorry, I just, before we go into something really, really serious here, I took the notes down on my phone and Hotba was uh, autocorrected to Hotbed. And I found that really, really funny. Hotbed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. Better Hotbed than Hot Mess. Or a cold bed. True. <laughs> cold bed on a cold day not so hot especially now yeah but uh what toronto did learn from the airs mm-hmm. correct them and you know clutch it out um we saw hisu starting to return the favor um we saw twilight deciding that he wants to well not wants to he does but wants to be comparative to Taru and say, I can be a dominant player just like you can. And, you know, shout out to our boy Taru who on the Overwatch League website still wearing his Vancouver Titans jersey with the <laughs> really? Pizza Hut logo. <laughs> I mean, how long has he, has he been on the on the shock now? Like, I know he didn't start with the team, but... No, he, he wasn't signed, I don't think, until no, very late, late but, in the season. But you'd think that the Photoshop group that oh, went I and know, completely yeah. butchered Shockwave could have... <laughs> but like even to be honest, I'm looking at this true picture, and it kind of looks like it was a Photoshop Titans jersey slapped on them. So dudes and dudettes here, yeah. Return like anyhow. So what you're saying is that we we Vancouver does have a player playing right now in the Overwatch League. Yes, according to the Overwatch League website, player. We go. Uh, well, it's the pictures. official website. Who am I to mm-hmm. argue? Very true. Very true. Um. But yeah, no, and a, and a further shout out to Taru is, you know, when he signed his support, 
I think it raised a number of eyebrows. There were many people saying, oh, he's he's actually pivoted in the in the new game. Okay, cool. Uh, it's amazing how a player can pivot in a game that very few people have access to play. Mm-hmm. But like Kariko as a support hero is very, very much like a Genji. I mean, yes, the kit's right. completely different, but like the primary is essentially the same. Um, the ability to have mobility through a wall climb and a dash is still the same. Um, you know, Taru seems to have found a hero that really speaks to him. Maybe he knew something. Maybe he had actually opened up the vault and got a copy of the script and saw that this was the hero. But regardless, Twilight, I felt was the superior Kuriko. In fact, you know, it kind of felt like his old dominant Anna days in this match or this map, sorry, match. Map. in this map. Yeah, sure. sure. He did step it up later. Taru did. But this yeah. map, sure, it, it felt like Toronto were really impressive uh, to me, especially on their attack. Things didn't go their way. And like I had complained before, them not stepping up, this was actually the opposite. They did find it in themselves to you know, push against the odds and, and, and persevere. And um, you know, in those fights that go both ways, pick here and pick there, Toronto did... Step it up and and ended up did uh, losing here and they they were what was the word I forgot it oh clutch right I never mm-hmm. never have to use it when discussing Toronto but here they were and, and props to them yeah I mean you look at their defense maybe didn't start well but they mm-hmm. required the spark to burn off I think nearly every second of the clock uh, to cap and get it inside the nightclub like if I'm pretty sure it was overtime on that cap and you know, the subsequent time bank that was added wasn't sufficient to do more than to really get it to that sort of that first sort of corner. And they then proceeded to, to shut the spark down on defense. But then like on, as you said, on attack, uh, Toronto, they were efficient. Like they found, they found the gumption. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they, in, in their first fight, just decided we want a cap now. Thank you. Um, and then proceeded to go in and, and push the, the payload very efficiently. Like I'm trying to catch the time here on the clock. Um, cause they did finally get halted on their initial push. Well, you look that up. Would you like a bit of a spoiler for the match that's ongoing or should we, not uh, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing the team from the UK is, not uh, in their winner's bracket no more? Mm, no. That that may be the case. Yeah. A clean... Yep. Clean sweep. Yeah, so here, looking at the clock, so the Toronto Defiant, you know, having had all that time, ran into some trouble themselves, but then immediately get it through the doors and then, you know, became super aggressive. Like actually at one point, I believe finale was the one who's on the uh, sojourn at this point. He actually has to go back to the cart. So you've, you've lost your, you know, one click DPS um, player to go and move the payload, but that doesn't slow down your four V five attack while the cart's just rolling along. And um, yeah. Okay. Watching now Choron, he's now just, you know, dancing around on the on the cart doing very little outside of moving it no no support heals from him and yeah they're they're essentially capping at this point until gushway decides that he has to go and stop it 
Like Toronto was not only clutch, but every single time it's like we're a broken record when they decide that they want to be that aggressive and take that much control of a match, mm-hmm. they win. Yeah. 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 yeah like the, the entire map of the one minute of this, this fight, essentially once they opened the doors was a four V five and Toronto was in control the whole time. Four V five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say there. You know, they, that's, that's very true. Um, I think Hangzhou, uh, when they work together, they were working together better than Toronto. Um, and I think that's kind of what, what won it for them overall. Um, they had, they, again, it comes down to that who was performing well. Yeah. Toronto had moments in this match where, especially on, you know, Parisio or, uh, what was the other map they won? Esper, Esperan? Esperanza. Or what, yes. however she, uh, pronounces that. Athena. Can yeah. I point out how much I like that map? Oh, it's oh, so I, pretty. You know, I, I've actually been thinking the same thing. I think it is uh, easily the best push map. Um, I agree. And I'm I not agree. one of these people that hates push either. I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, you know, online and everything saying bring back 2CP and stuff like that, which hmm. I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but I also saw someone arguing that the reason Esperanza is so much better than the other push maps or is, uh, sorry, arguing that yeah, push you were, in you itself were. is not broken, uh, but the maps are. And mm-hmm. Esperanza is proof of that because it's so much better as a push map than the other push maps. Um, well, and, and my, my thought here is that any time that there needs to be a, an escape or a mm-hmm. withdrawal, which with push, I feel that the success comes when you, you know, strategically withdraw from fights is that you have three paths that you can take mm-hmm. one of which is the straight line and then two sort of windy which give you and then you can actually come back and cross through so you have an ability to have uh, a mechanism to withdraw and escape with correction and if we think about how the the game is designed with cover in mind now mm-hmm. the map has all of that yeah. queen street is an example of one where they almost tried but the straight line isn't straight Mm-hmm. Right, like you're. If you follow the the path of the you just have a big barricade, it's twisty it's road. Just, yeah, very long sight lines. If you were to go through doorways, well, there's still a sight line. It's still straight. Like there isn't a means to to sort of lose your your pursuers. Yeah. Um, uh, Coliseo feels very sane to like New Queen Street. Yeah. Like you know, I don't like Coliseo. Well, I, my issue with Coliseo has actually to more more to do with the sort of pathway outside of the Coliseum. Hmm. I don't I don't have an issue with the verticality, um, although in fairness, no cover there. Yeah, I just find it boring to watch and play. Um, Esperanza, on the other end, I really enjoy playing. I think it's beautiful. I think it's very fun yeah. to play. I I I was surprised with how confusing it was to to watch in the overwatch day i'm like where are they going now because the map is very <laughs> more intertwined it, it, it's yeah the symmetry is not as apparent so it's like uh, yeah. where are they going now maybe it's because it's still new but it was a little bit hard to follow which i never had that issue before well but it's because it's it's the intertwine like you know how i said like mm. there's sort of three ways and then they sort of cross like and you can yeah. 
you, yeah, you can alternate. <laughs> like, it's not like I've taken one path. Yeah. Um, you can, and there's no other sort of push map that way. Um, I, I you know, I feel it's, it's got a good balance of verticality built in. Um, there are some decent sight lines, but it's not oh, yeah. oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, when I look at how Toronto played, you know, Esperanza or Esperanza, uh, Esperanza or something Esperanza. like that. <laughs> um, regardless of how it's pronounced, I actually felt Toronto used the, the structure of the map very effectively. Um, you know, it was one of those, we're going to push you then get a chance to push and we'll push some more. And Oh, by the way, we'll push it pretty far and then let's play the, you know, hold the bot up game. Mm-hmm. But Toronto ensured that they, when they were in fights, if it suddenly started going sideways, they would not, you know, blatantly stagger. You didn't have Chorong dropping beats just cause or, yeah. or what have you. Um, route 66, I guess we, you know, kind of skipped over that. Um, yes, that's fine. I mean, my, my one complaint about route 66 is why doesn't Toronto win this map? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could see that for sure. Toronto. Yeah. I think both Parisio and route 66, both of those maps could have gone either way. It really looked like it was coming down to the end and there were times where Toronto looked dominant um, and even, you know, went into a push with, with three, four minutes and then Hanjo was and able to whittle it down. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, maybe I, I said, go aggressive. They maybe went a little aggressive. They were trying to spawn camp a yeah. little, you know, too early. Um, a call to Connie wasn't necessarily in your favor, Yeah, but yeah, suddenly you had a three and some odd minute just outside of their spawn. And now yeah. you're into a, a minute left and you're struggling yeah. just struggling to get back to the payload. Not so good, but you know, arguably all Toronto needs to do is defend in those first two points better than, uh, the spark did. Yeah. yeah and, uh, unfortunately they, they didn't take that advice to, to heart. Um, and what Hongzhou, I think had what, like four minutes going into the hangar. Yeah. It was, it was something like that. And, and again, like, that's what I mean is Toronto was able to whittle that down, uh, but ultimately not enough. Right. Um, which felt like the same story as, as Parisio, right? Toronto gets mm-hmm. the time whittle or Hangzhou whittles down Toronto's time, but then Toronto does manage to get the completion. Um, it was just kind of same story, just the opposite result. Um, and like I say, those two maps probably felt the most even, uh, to me. Um, but yeah, then, I don't know. Then we went to Esperanza. And it was yeah, great, which, which is, I actually I, checked. It's Esperanza. Esperanza. Okay. Exactly. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling it the Portugal map. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, Esperanza, they, like you were they saying, did Chris, what Toronto does sorry. to win. Yeah, they, they did. And I think this one, again, does a little bit come down to the map map geometry and things like that because you did see toronto playing corners you did see them uh you know moving in a lot of ways as a group and using the the sight lines and uh corners hallways um you know the bridge things like that to retreat and take cover 
and ensure that they weren't just open to those those uh, right clicks by by shy mm-hmm. um, and weren't always susceptible uh, to those those uh, beautiful bay blades that uh, pineapple likes to pull out mm-hmm. as well um, and and yeah I mean again you know map geometry I think there's only really the one kind of section that's a little more oppressive in terms of an open sight line and it's that sort of final road stretch well yeah where it comes it's the to road the edge to spawn. of the city and it and it just stretches outwards right um and actually well, i mean coliseum's the same way right like the road to spawn yeah that's a good point actually it, it is out of there it is there's you come out of spawn and you have like the sojourn is yeah. just standing back there waiting to click ahead yeah right it, it, there's there, and there's nothing that you can do to stop that i i that's the part i hate it's like well there's cover well great the cover is actually protecting the spawn door. The yeah. next level of actual cover you can use, you can't get to without making your head a clickable, you know, pixel or two. And I, yeah, I think it's sort of the same thing. Once you get around it by the streetcar there, you, you see it, nothing between you and the doors, but thankfully it didn't come down to that for Toronto. I mean, again, they, they got their distance that they needed and then they proceeded to just make the spark run at a time. Yeah. It was funny because the entire map went, um, well, defiant got the first push and the first fight win. And, and every time they extended their lead, spark would come back. They extend the mm-hmm. lead and spark would come back. But the problem with that is you never get enough, uh, un- until you like fight, uh, win a few fights in a row. Which they did in the end, Spark. They they caught up with with Toronto, but then there was this moment. I think it was left like less than a minute and a half in, in the game. Both teams were just entrenched between the corner uh, in the corner in in the two sides, and they were just waiting for for the Kitsune alt from from Kiriko. It was so hilarious. Like everyone mm-hmm. was so tense. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then finale kind of popped off and, and got Gushway and. That's when it got winnable and Spark just never returned. They they collapsed there. Yeah. The map five was was uh, forced, and Toronto got did uh, the the clutch thing again. Yeah, which needed to happen because yes. had they not, that would have been over. So that takes us into Lijiang, and you know Toronto Defiant they made some changes in the start of this match and stuck with it. Outside of the swaps we we're seeing between Hisu and Finale. The uh, Hangzhou Spark, though, uh, they decided at this point they needed to go and, and uh, mix things up by uh, bringing Pineapple out of the match. Yep. Alfie comes in. And Alfie comes in. And I, I found this interesting beyond, is this a map pick? I think it was a clutch pick. I think. I it, think it, it was like, we need to win this and that's who wins. Like, yeah, honestly, I, I think to them, Alfie has been the, the you know, I don't know what you want to call it, A-line with Shy. Um, and I think, I don't want to say they underestimated Toronto or they were surprised at how well they were doing thus far, but I don't think they expected to be going five with Toronto. I don't think most teams would expect to go five with Toronto. At, at least, I don't think most teams in the playoffs would be expecting Toronto to take them to five. And I think it was a little bit of, let's clutch this up, let's get this done, uh, rather than risking, uh, you know, not moving on, right? R- risking elimination. Granted, you know, 
they took control decisively the first time around. But I think, you know, this is not a situation where you mess around. Um, so I think they, they brought Alfie back in to, uh, to clutch it out for them. I mean, I don't, I, I, I can't, I don't have anything to argue against it, but that's a hell of a risk you're taking. Cause like pineapple has actually not done. Oh no. He was badly on, on Reaper. Right. Like, oh yeah. And if I could see if it was like a hero pick, right. But that's not what we saw here. No. Um, and arguably, you know, what has, what did Toronto do? They came out, they, they came got out themselves well. big numbers. Mm-hmm. They gave that big number back, but then won the necessary fight and proceeded to get themselves in a position where they could win. Mm-hmm. And that clutch factor, uh, Omni, that you were talking about earlier, seemed to go it's away gone. here. It's gone. I there was on that first map there was a moment 99 I don't know I think Toronto had just lost the the uh the point um but arguably you know finale pops his alt should be able to go and and clean up and uh unfortunately for uh finale shy yeah return to you know map Wasn't one shy, shy. <laughs> And uh, took the alt out of Finale's hands <laughs> with just a right click of his own. And that was that. Like, it, it, the Toronto Defiant weren't in a position to recover. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I just watched it back. And, yeah, Toronto gets it to 99. Uh, Hangzhou <laughs> triggers the overtime. <laughs> and it flips almost immediately after that. And... Uh, and yeah, Toronto has at least the finale ult that they should, in theory, be able to come back and, and at least get a pick on. But I yeah. mean, you have to figure at that point, Hangzhou knew that finale was the threat. And they just said, if you see him, we need to focus him down. Don't but let that's him touch the, the point again. And they did. That's the clutch moment, yeah. right? Like yeah. that is yeah. the, we know exactly what we need to do. Exactly. That, that's Let's your make that happen. Right? Get finale out of the equation at that very if- moment. If Toronto could somehow hack the server and oh, alter the game in a way that from 98% you go directly to 100 and skip that 99, <laughs> they would have won the Overwatch League. <laughs> Something about that 99 really messes up with their uh, mojo. So true. Yeah. So true. And I mean, if we move on to the second round of uh, well, Control Center, Tower, yeah. yeah. Toronto again comes out with a good opener. You know, they get to 37% before Hangzhou flips it. And what, I mean, in fairness, Toronto did get the point back and get themselves an opportunity to try to um, win. But when the Spark take it back, Toronto comes out with an approach where, okay, Finale, you go that way. (laughs) Yes. We'll go this way. And then finale in the kill cam gone. Oh, okay, game over. Like I don't, I don't understand the. Let's go together. This is where we've seen success. Yeah. To we're gonna try to do this really crazy flanking. They'll never expect it. Maybe he like, just left voice chat and decided to do his own thing. <laughs> I mean, I I genuinely wonder. You know, obviously there's unknowns with with any team. I mean, some teams are more you know forthcoming about it, but. I do wonder, you know, who's the shot caller on Toronto? Uh, when we see them perform with that, 
sort of brash confidence, is it someone else who's not typically the shot caller, right? Or is it the opposite, right? When they are playing without that confidence, is it because the normal shot caller is kind of taking a backseat and somebody else is driving the ship and, or steering the ship and, and that's where we actually see the success and it's kind of becomes a question of why didn't they pivot to that? You know, who knows at any point in the season, right? Um, yeah. it, it just seems very, um, I don't know, very, very, I don't know what the <laughs> word is that I'm looking for here. Um, very schizophrenic, if you will, to jump hmm. back and forth from these different styles, right? Yeah. To suddenly show this confidence that's crazy and you have a ton of success with it. And then all of a sudden that's all out the window, right? It seems like there's something going on where, again, like I say, maybe your leader isn't leading in those moments sure. or the I, opposite. The, maybe that's when they are stepping up and someone's leading the team, right? It felt very like you're just wood destined, tier to me. You're just destined to be the middest team to ever mid. Yep. Yeah. The reason I say it felt wood tier is that how often when you play like whether quick play or at my level, you've always got that one one Unless player who's like, cut. "Don't worry, I got this." Well, okay, yeah, but like shy right clicks finale, it's all she wrote. But what's interesting is that if you rewatch this, they everyone's coming up the gut, and they I think see no finale. Yeah. I honestly think it was that we see four and not five. Mm -hmm. So let's go and eliminate five who's somewhere. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I mean, it, it, it is what it is, but Hong Zhao beats the Toronto Defiant. The Toronto Defiant are done. And as Alex just said, the middest team to ever mid. Yep. <laughs> Shy's a beast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is it. Uh, Toronto Defiant are done, but at least they got an opportunity to make that trip down to California. The Vancouver Titans, they've been done for a while, and they continue to exist. Uh, Teru is still in there. Oh, yes. Sorry. I, I withdraw my the Titans are done, but uh, they're done. We're going to take a short break here before we uh, start to, to dive into the fray. ranging in our approach to uh, the payload. I mean, let's see. We talked about a map we like, how a particular team was doing as we were recording this episode. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of already know how things have played out. But let me sort of quickly recap where we are as of this moment. Uh, in winner's round number one, the London uh, Spitfire 3 Overwatch, the Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, the Hangzhou Spark happened. 3 Overwatch, the Shanghai Dragons, which broke every bracket, but like... It was either 20 or 22. I can't remember what they said. Yeah. Um, you had the Florida Mayhem 3 Overwatch, the Atlanta Rain, and the Houston Outlaws 3 Overwatch, the Toronto Defiant. I can't imagine there was anyone out there that, one, had those results, but two, had 3 Overwatch across the board. No, no. What a 
it makes it seem like a very boring day of Overwatch. It it was not, and certainly matches were more competitive than that sounds. Some of them, but yeah, uh, yeah like blowouts all around. Yeah, but based on those results, that meant the Dallas Fuel had an opportunity to say, "We'll take on Hangzhou." Uh, the Seoul Dynasty said, "Well, we'll take the Ma'am." The San Francisco Shock took on Houston, and the uh, LA Gladiators they got themselves some London. So uh, Dallas uh, went and three won the Spark, so they obviously picked uh, correctly. The Seoul Dynasty three overwatched the Florida Mayhem; they mm-hmm. chose wisely. Uh, the Houston Outlaws beat the San Francisco whack, Shock whack. three two. Maybe not the best choice, but that was a wacky, wild match. Close and, game. You know, give credit to Houston for, for making it very interesting. And the uh, Los Angeles Gladiators, uh, they found themselves at the end of a 3-1 beating from the, oh. the dominant London Spitfire. Ouch, bro. Yeah. Sucks you know, purple haze, eh? If I were to have said, hey, guys. I'm going to have the fusion, the gladiators, the dragons, and the shock all in losers round two. Would you have believed me going into this? Not a chance. Like, I, I think people could, could conceive an upset, right? Oh, yeah. The, the losers bracket is so stacked. Yeah. Well, is it? Cause <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. That was the the thing about the way that the loser bracket got set up. Yeah. But uh, the way the bracket all trickled out is you had the gladiators taking on the fusion, uh, the shock taking on the dragons, the man taking on the rain, and the spark taking on the Toronto Defiant. Well, we already know that the Toronto Defiant lost 3-2 to the, the, the spark. Yeah. The only 3-2. Ah, uh, oh, no, the second 3-2 yet. But the uh, the Florida Man beat the Atlanta Rain 3-1. The San Francisco Shock beat the Dragons 3-1. And the Gladiators beat the Fusion 3-1. So Dragons, who I think many people thought would be a very dominant team out of APAC, not so dominant, done. Done early. Mm-hmm. We then get ourselves into uh, losers round number three. The San Francisco Shock and the LA Gladiators had an opportunity to face off. So those four teams that I had told you were in the losers round, if I told you going into it, you would have asked me what the heck's going on. We're down to two, and the San Francisco Shock 3 one the Los Angeles Gladiators. The Gladiators are, in fact, the Sadiators. So where does this leave them in the standings overall? Do we, do we know that answer? <laughs> i don't think they're still handing out points here no no i but i mean you know in we have our in the final match we have our number one and two from oh the season, yeah no right? so where does that leave these teams or do we know i don't think we truly know because okay. of how the like the the matches work like is yeah. there was there a better match here right i don't know um because the hangzhou spark having you know handed the toronto defiant a loss decided it was time to end the run of the florida mayhem and beat them 3-1 and all my teams were out now up in the winner's round which just wrapped up uh the dallas fuel beat the soul dynasty in very efficient fashion that three overwatch was more like a two overwatch because it was that quick yep dallas is good Um, yeah (laughs) Could this be the year, finally? And because uh, everyone's looking forward to a battle of Texas, the London Spitfire decided to give the Houston Outlaws a uh, three-overwatch um, gift. I shouldn't say 
and presented as you think, what, London won? Mm -hmm. No, they did not. <laughs> it started off like London had a chance. Um, I obviously have not been watching it because I've been recording the show, but uh, a friend of mine who is a Houston Outlaws fan just messaged saying Houston versus London was wild. Map 2 was something. <laughs> so um, I might go and watch bits and pieces of that that match to figure out if that three Overwatch was actually three Overwatch. But what this sets up going into the course of the, the weekend, which we're kicking things off here on Thursday as if it's the weekend, <laughs> is that the uh, the San Francisco Shock have to take on the Seoul Dynasty. Winner moves on, loser is done. The Ooh. Hangzhou Spark take on the London Spitfire. Winner moves on, loser is done. The winners of those two matches will then face each other to then in turn play the loser of the Battle of Texas, Houston-Dallas. If I had told you that the Battle of Texas would be the last winner's round match, again, would you have believed me? No, sir. I mean, the funny thing is, looking at my Pickham's bracket, I actually, in a limb, what would be loser's round Five, I guess, have Seoul taking on San Francisco. So they, they beat me to it. They're a little ahead of schedule, but I do have that match. Uh, mm -hmm. But other than that, nothing. None of this was the expected outcome. None of this was to script, except for maybe Dallas yeah. performing at a well. But Well, okay, I, I in the winner's rounds, I've only missed points in one matchup. And that was because I, in my mind, could never see Shanghai losing there. Yeah. But every subsequent winner in the matches I had, you know, has sort of continued on. Um, actually, no, let me scratch that because I had Toronto winning. That also gave me zero points. Yeah, no, no, my bad. I would draw that. How many and points then, have, you, um, how, uh, have you gotten from the playoffs so far? Uh, 74. Can we actually see? Oh, just the just the oh ten just the bracket. <laughs> ten, sorry, <laughs> I was about to say, wow, I'm doing bad then. <laughs> oh, ten. Sorry, I, I, I saw the six. I saw the number at the top. I have eight. I have six. All of them from Dallas. <laughs> hmm. uh, let's see here. Yeah, so my uh, my elim arounds have been phenomenally bad. <laughs> Me too. Um, but in fairness, like because of of those four teams that we spoke about all finding their way there that ruined an entire bracket. Yeah, totally for me um, because they all got there far too early. <laughs> um, and then with Toronto losing early, that kind of threw a, a, a wrench into things. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, for, yeah, for me, it was ruined even before the games began because I, I messed up the, teams that uh winners yeah. could select in the second winners round but well at least dallas has given me some points you weren't the only one there has been a a, a number of complaints about how the <laughs> actual visual complaints. yes formal complaints. i'm, I'm I mean, during the class action suit yeah the way because if you go to the pickham site the way the brackets are actually presented did not indicate that winner got to choose right yeah. they actually showed direct lines but the thing is, is that the direct line simply meant that someone had to go in and play. If you look at the actual schedule, the actual schedule didn't present like a direct line. It was like <laughs> you got to replace. So anyhow, 
is what it is. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, I, I'm I'm genuinely curious how things will will play out. Like, I have some interest in how we're going to see a team from Texas. I, I think it's Dallas. I don't think Houston has it in them to to beat uh, them here. But considering that, uh, you know, as things sort of play out, let's say Houston does find themselves in the losers round, they don't go down to five, they go to six. So they get to see San Francisco Seoul beat each other senseless. They get an opportunity to see the Spark and Spitfire beat themselves senseless, and then get to see the winners of those two matches beat themselves senseless. Yeah. That's a lot of opportunity to, to prepare yourself. Feels and great to be a winner. Like Houston has already clearly figured out how to you, you play to beat uh, the Spitfire. I mean, I'd be a little apprehensive about the Shock because the Shock are the type of team that play with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Um, but you know, sure, you, they haven't had an opportunity to see Soul yet or the Spark head to head. I'm sure they're going to get a whole lot of opportunity to see how they they play. And I honestly would give Houston a match over over the uh, the Spark. Soul, maybe not so much. Okay, so but then Soul three over got three overwatched by Dallas, so I don't know. Let's let's approach it from this standpoint. I think we all expect Dallas in the final. Yeah. Who does Houston wind up playing in the losers final then? I suspect it's one of San Fran or Soul. I say shock. I my gut tells me it has to be shock with the way soul performed against Dallas in that match that literally just happened. Oof, you know, much higher expectations for soul. Um, I expected them to at least put up a fight against Dallas and it didn't really seem that interesting. Um, Hangzhou could be a bit of a wrench, but I don't necessarily see Hangzhou beating San Francisco or soul. No, so like that's to me, whoever comes out of that, that match. Yeah. In, I mean, maybe soul. Cause you're right. The point is they forgot they had to play and <laughs> maybe they adapt. Right. Um, yeah. I but if I'm Houston, closely, I don't know if I, if they're of those teams, the shock are the one that maybe, yeah, you could say, well, they have the confidence. They beat them. Yeah. But we know how the shock operate. You yeah. beat them and they take that personally. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, it, it proper takes it personally. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as much as I hate to say it, like, I almost don't want to see Shock win at all. I do feel like it's going to be Dallas Shock in the final. And a part of that is, I mean, you know, the argument would be they figured out what they needed to figure out, right? They performed yeah. consistently well. Yes, they had some struggles, very few. Uh, but it was clear when the better team won over them. We saw that with the Gladiators in the midseason madness where Shock beat Gladiators, and then when they had that rematch, Gladiators pretty well had them figured out. And I had made the argument it was because Gladiators played better as a team than Shock did. Shock relied too heavily on individual performance. I almost feel like I would hate to see Shock win it all because I still think they're playing like that. But the fact is, if they win it all, maybe that means that they figured it out. They did manage to work as a team. They did manage to overcome one of the most, I don't know, teamliest teams there is in Dallas. Again, this is hypothetical, if they make it to the finals. Because I think Dallas 
and the gladiators were the two teams, at least in, in the West that had that team synergy down, uh, you know, to a T kind of thing. Gladiators obviously are out now, um, and did perform very well at the start of the season and kind of petered off towards the end. But regardless, there's a big difference between Dallas and, and gladiators though. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. One, one team has Hanbin and the other doesn't. And fearless in this meta. Yeah. And fearless yeah. and sparkle. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just... yeah. I actually, and now that you say that, like I didn't really watch much of the gladiators, you know, even countdown cup qualifiers or in the playoffs here, you know, yes, I had every match on, on, but I didn't watch them too closely because it just seemed like there wasn't a ton of excitement around them. Right. You know, first half of the season there was, and it felt like summer showdown onwards, even though they, I think they went six and zero in the countdown cup qualifiers, but they had a relatively easy strength of schedule. Um, but it just felt like the hype had kind of petered out. And I do wonder how much of that was centered around uh, their ability to really play the meta kind of thing, which we know Dallas can play to probably the highest degree, right? Right. Anyway, we'll be back next week to tell you whether or not our prognostications for the course of the next few matches uh, actually comes to fruition. But until then, what else do we have to tell you about? Well, there's been awards handed out. The Roll Stars, at least so far. The individual awards, uh, they come out uh, probably over the course of the weekend. And then again, we'll talk about that uh, next week. Um, as far as who won the Roll Stars for Tank, Hanbin Smurf Hattie Reiner. You might be wondering, you know, who picked what? And if you happen to be in uh, Arcal, you might be wanting to know why media picked who they did. In fact, uh, from what I understand, uh, media, uh, they don't watch the Overwatch League, don't play the game. Um, and that might be true. But uh, there is a, a podcast that has considered media and had an opportunity to cast a vote. And that's right. RSP, for the first time since we've been around, had an opportunity to vote on uh on the uh, the roll stars and who did we vote for for uh, your uh, your roll stars Hanbin, Hanny, Reiner, and Smurf, which interesting enough are the four that were selected because that's how smart we are. Now it wasn't okay. just us who got to contribute that. There were a number of of votes um, across the board. The one I think that most people took issue with was Hattie, and you know. To pull the curtain back, Omni did not pick Hattie. <laughs> Who did I pick? Uh, I can't remember. Was it Kaluj? I, you? I think it might have been Kaluj. Hawk, Hanbin, Kaluj, and Smurf. I mm. picked Hanbin, Hadi, Reiner, and Smurf. So we okay. had the overlap with Hanbin with Smurf. Um, I said Reiner. You said Kaluj. I said Hadi. You said Hawk. Or how yeah. come nobody here picked uh, Char- uh, Krong though? <laughs> You like mean. I saw a couple of votes from that Reddit post, and I was like, "Yeah, he, he actually was one of the best tanks this season, right?" I mean, you know, if if we look at the playoffs here, <laughs> people could have picked Gushui, and that would have been yeah. a totally valid pick if this had been yeah. uh, earlier on, right? Yeah, um, for sure, he's been doing well. But no, I mean, you know, I don't feel the need to defend my pick. I looking at the results and who picked which uh, which tanks. 
Um, I was not the only one that picked Hottie either. Um, but I think if you look at London's success, you don't do what they did without Hottie this season. Um, well, and, and that was the, those that defended Hottie were to say, well, in their role, if you take them out, yeah. is their team as successful? And all, all of the arguments were like, there were very few teams out there that you could take that one player mm-hmm. and see such drastic shift. Yeah. I mean, I'm not suggesting the, the remaining three that we chose aren't critical to the success of their team. Yeah. But there's more, more role stars around them. Yeah. And or, to, to side with, with you, Alex, as well, Kaluj would have been, you know, my number five. I debated between Hadi and Kaluj because I think Kaluj was also a bit of a success story with the San Francisco shock and really stepped into the role. And he had huge shoes to fill, arguably the largest shoes to fill because he was stepping into who was, I think considered by a lot of people, the face of the league, right? Yeah. Um, when Definitely. super pulled out uh, from the team very suddenly. Right. So, uh, like I say, I, I kind of tossed the coin on, do I put Hottie? Do I put Cluj? And then it just so happened you put Cluj and I put Hottie. So, it, you know, yeah. I was happy to see that we both were kind of thinking the same there, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't think London performs how they did without Hottie in the lineup. So, yeah. For sure. And I, 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 it needs to be said about like setting the tone and not just like about yeah. the stats and then the role star well, category, which not to say he was bad, right? He was still very, very good and mm-hmm. definitely was the, well, the face. Com- the complaint is, oh, he's the meme pick. Like they just were able to pull off what no one else could. And it's true, but <laughs> does that matter? Does that make him no. less valuable to the team? No. It In fact, I think like it makes him more valuable. Ryan, right? He played the Junker exactly. Queen. He played, uh, you know, he played Winston in this playoff. So he's a good tank. Yeah. It's just like that's the most memorable part. But yeah, it's just simplifying it as is. And they did like overachieve as hell. Uh, you know, it's like saying, well, Bumper only does flank shatters. He did mm-hmm. flank shatter, but he was also good. Lots of mm-hmm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and and if we're being real here, London is still in the playoffs. You know, <laughs> we have six yeah. teams left, and London is one of them. One of them. That's yeah. crazy, right? Most people had London in last place this season. So, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, support role stars: Shu, Fielder, uh, Itsuyaki, and Chill. Who did RSP cast their uh, votes for? Well, this one uh, we got a little bit uh, of a different. Uh, few selections uh we agreed that uh, she should be up there but we also had said finn lee jagong and twilight um again there are many on our cow who did not like the media picks and i am currently being downvoted into oblivion for uh thanking people for their support um there was someone who actually commented about homer choices we did make two quote-unquote homer picks one of them completely valid the other one pretty much completely valid I yes. think I think both of our homework choices were absolutely realistic picks, and I'll die other people on, picked I'll them as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, what's interesting is that in the roll stars for tank, it was pretty definitive as to yeah. who your sort of top three were. Mm-hmm. If you know, and then the four, five, six, seven might have been a mix up. Whereas with the support, uh, now it was much closer. And there, if you look at like the, the balances of their cast, um, you know, yeah, it's quite clear the four that win have the most votes. I mean, you can visually see that, but there is a lot more variety mm-hmm. here. Um, and, and some of them might be split based on region. Um, others might be, you know, 
some favoritism at play, but, uh, you know, like I, I was actually curious, like how did the defiant and the Titans vote? So the defiant, um, cause you couldn't, you could not vote for your own players. So they, you know, arguably would have to make some choices. Um, both the, the defiant and Titans said funny Astro. That is a name that had come up on, on Arcow quite consistently. Sure. Um, you know, Titans went with Faith, Crimzo, and Fielder, whereas Defiant went with Lastro, Shoe, and, and Violet. So, you gotta wonder how teams decide this stuff for themselves as well. Hey, that, that, that's a great, great question. You know, does the team sit down together and say, "What do we think?" Who do you think? Or does the coaching staff just pick? Does you know GM, someone just say, "Hey, GM, make your choices" or something like that? that that'd be a fun, yeah. fun peek in behind the curtain kind of thing. So, yeah. And then for damage, the uh, four rule stars are Kevster, Proper, Lip, and Profit. Arcal collectively agreed with those four picks, unlike Terrible tank support. <laughs> um, but how did, uh, how did RSP do? We got Kevster, uh, we got Proper, yeah. we got Lip, yeah. and we elected to choose Aspire. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Who did we snub from the final pick? The, the one who got actually in, who actually got profit, the, uh, Pro- I think? profit, profit, which, yeah, well, yeah, Aspire is much better than profit. I'm, profit was one of my picks as well. So. Uh, and, and Aspire did get, you know, yes, a, number a, of, a number of votes. It's not just oh, yeah. us, right? Like, right. you know, I think it's important to understand that while it was somewhat of a homer pick in that regard, we weren't the only one giving them love. So. The, and the other Homer pick we made was, I, I think you were referring to Twilight on, on support, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Which, again, like I say, you know. He is I, a role star already in that role. If I had to, you know, die by one of those picks, I'm choosing Twilight. But, again, Aspire, I think, showed why he's in the league. I think he absolutely deserves it as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, more awards will come out, and yes, RSP will have contributed to them. Whether or not we get uh, any others uh, correct, um, <laughs> time will tell. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, the uh, Halloween event's still ongoing for the remainder of the weekend. Um, if you happen to play Eichenwald, it's not Eichenwald, it's Aldersbruen. Uh, essentially, the Halloween version of Eichenwald. Um which is the name of the actual map in the, uh, the uh, PVE event, which I've only played once. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, I played it once, I got my win, and now I, I just haven't been back. Oh, man. You got to chase those challenges, you know? I know. I'm, I'm not, this, is the, this is the thing I'm actually going to come to learn about this game. The challenges are so varied. Mm. I'm not going to chase them all. There's too many. And I wonder now, because of how they're structured, so like coins, for instance, mm-hmm. are only available through uh, the weeklies. Doing multiple weeklies. Yeah. And I honestly don't know if I have it in me to do that. Man- like, the, the, like the way the weeklies are is they're actually based on you completing a lot of the dailies. And yeah, I'm, so- I think... I'm thinking this battle pass is designed very much like the Call of Duty Warzone mm-hmm. battle pass, and I never completed it. Okay, so two things. First, should we do a battle pass check? Uh, I haven't logged in in a few days. So I can't remember what I was at. I won't want to check. Say. I'll log in and tell you in a bit. 
Well, I, can't, I don't want to log in. I'm actually recording, but I'm going to say I'm like a coward. Or something. Coward. Coward. Take down the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's, it's great. It's great content. Well, well, you pull yours up. Um, I'm at 55. I have achieved. 55. Don't make me go oh. into a game right now. <laughs> I have achieved Kuriko. <laughs> grind. Already had her. What are you? Sorry. Yeah, don't make me go into the game oh. right now and, and grind it uh, while we record. Yeah. So just just so that our listeners know, uh, Omni's screen has gone completely black because he's opening up the game. Yeah. If this if this recording is going to skew and you're like, why is there no background noise? <laughs> All right, Overwatch two entering game. Let's hope we don't get the eighty thousand people queue. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, keep it up. I got endorsement level three. Great. Cool. 3,000. Nice. That's a lot. I keep getting up to four when I log in or sorry, by the time I log off and when I log in next, I'm back down to three. Hmm. Oh, I'm at 54. Ooh. Wow. Just okay. one behind you. Very close. Yeah. Been I, the you guys have been grinding hard since our last episode, whereas me, I've gone the opposite direction. So we'll see. Know, like 40. And 40, that, that was the other thing I was going to mention is I have... I don't, I don't want to say I've been obsessing, but I have been rigorously trying to break down this battle pass and figure out how to sort of how to match it and everything. Hack the right. system. I really want to see if I can complete it without sort of pushing myself over the edge to the point where I'm you know, probably not hating myself, right? Um, or hating how much I'm playing. And the fact is, literally, as of this week, I'm not going to be playing as much as I had been previously just because of other commitments and honestly other games as well uh, that I'm also playing right now. Um, but I really have been finding what I usually do. So first of all is when there's a uh, double XP weekend, you take advantage of that because that's that's going to boost you big time. But realistically, um, I look at the weeklies, pick one or two, focus on getting those and in the process of getting those, I usually complete five, six of the dailies. Mm-hmm. And that's usually over the course of two, maybe three matches. So on average, if I play three matches okay. a night, it's an hour to two hours. Yeah. And that's all I'm doing. Yes, on weekends, I, you know, I play more. I might play three hours. I might play a little bit more or something like that. Um, and that's not every day of the week. But again, you break down the battle pass. Every level is 10,000 XP. A season is nine weeks long. Guess what? That means you get 10 levels a week and you're good to go. You've got the whole battle pass, right? And you really do need to take advantage of the weekly challenges because each individual weekly challenge gives you 5,000 XP, which is half a level. Then you also get the coins just as kind of a bonus. But the daily challenges, when you complete, I think... I think it's three, I don't know, three, six, and eight or something like that. Yeah. When you complete da- those in the process, you also get 3,000 XP for completing three, six, eight, or whatever. Yeah. And no, like for Hashtag. me, the days I do play, I get those. It's the weeklies yeah. are hard, and I'll be very transparent. I click Q and flex. I am your friend, oh, yeah. everyone else. And- but because I Q and flex, I miss out on a ton of the mitigate, the deal damage, like yeah. uh, direct damage or, mm. um, you know, <clears throat> uh, what have you. Um, I like I'm losing out on this because all I am is support with maybe one yeah. match as a tank and one match as a DPS, often a backfill. 
No, I'm I'm doing um, the same. I'm usually queuing for all rolls. Um and I will purposely queue for tank. I don't think I've really played a single match of DPS. Um more often than not I'm playing support and again, you know, as long as you you know, do know what you're looking for if you're looking to complete a challenge on boosting damage, you play BAP yep. because of his window, right? Um if yeah. you're looking at a uh, one of the ones for doing healing, then, I mean, hey, you choose a support character, you could pretty much do it on any of them. But you choose a character like Lucio, where it's almost passive healing to a group, and that boosts you, right? Um, well, no, like the he- like healing is not a problem. Yeah. Damage I've had issues with, um, simply because, I kid you not, it seems like BAP is the pick. Well, and, th- um, and that's and when so I would switch then- to tank, right? Because tank, you hop on Ryan and you can dole out obviously with your hammer. But I, that's the thing; damage. it's the it's the choosing. I know part. I know, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm. Then you're dealing. I, with two I, 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 yeah, I, just, I, I just, I just cue the Genji roll. The Genji yeah. roll. Yeah. You need I, I, by the way, you I, need I got, yeah, I got back into gold. Oh, congratulations! In, in uh, bronze, bronze three, and then I got up to bronze five, and then silver two, and then silver one. Finally got back to gold. I don't remember I, the number. Yeah. I started out straight up bronze five. Uh, then I think I went bronze three, and then I think I'm nice. somewhere in silver now. But again, because oh. I'm just trying to like mostly focus on the battle pass, I'm not queuing comp that much. Um, I have played one comp so. match. I did my placements to find out where I was. I didn't. But I didn't even. I've done one placement <laughs> in won. tank or no. I was a support. Um, I. The more I play comp, I mean, this it, no, this is really comes down to the game. There's so much toxicity. I, I could care yeah. less. It's horrible in comp. Like play on console. No one talks. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's it's yeah, you're right. No one talks. There's no ch- in, like the actual text chat. Like for me, it's like, do I need that in my life? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. I've actually I feel it's worse now. Mm. And I wonder if that's because it's free to play. And so certainly. Every troll in the world who wouldn't spend money on a game to come in and talk trash is. And if there are, you know, your report has been dealt with or led to a such and such happening, I have yet to get one. And I kid you not, I tolerate very little, um, like anything derogatory, anything racist, um, any, type of comment about self-harm i report and if 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 those behind the scenes at blizzard are like not a little bit of that's okay first of all just come out and say that because i will stop playing tomorrow i mean i know they would never say that publicly but but yeah in the comp side is bad like even in the match that we won my my team is infighting and i presume some of it had to do with what was being said in comms Anyhow, I'm an old man. Just call me a boomer. Get off my lawn. Uh, I almost forgot. The Washington Justice um, decided that uh, Pre was no longer in their future. They cut him. Uh, it's surprising that they let their GM go, but Bob from finance um, is still <laughs> their number six. <laughs> they don't need any roster at this point. They're in the yeah. off season. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but here we are at the end of a pretty long show, uh, probably the last long one for a long while, uh, considering uh, how the season has wrapped up for both the Toronto Defined and the Vancouver Titans. 
Uh, we'll be back next week to recap the grand final, share a few final thoughts. And uh, just to let you know now, in a few weeks' time, we will be transitioning to our off-season mode, which is every two weeks. What we won't pass up doing, though, is providing an opportunity to have your final words of wisdom. Which of the two of you wants to go first? Mm, I don't know. Alex, well, I mean, you, you threw I, in I, a curveball here. I, uh, I presumed that uh, your negotiations allowed for you to break an episode, and this would be the opportunity to do so. So, yeah, let's break it. Let's, uh, let's hear from Jordan first. All right. Well, I, I came prepared this week after being unprepared ah. last week. Um, so last week, you will remember, Alex presented his picks for the best uh, Halloween skins. That's right. So <clears throat> I, have, I have my top three plus two honorable mentions that I want to shout out. Kind of three honorable mentions. but uh, So honorable mentions for me. One of them is going to be the Torbjorn Viking skin. Uh, mm, I'm, I'm great detail on the hammer. I was going to say, I'm a bit of a sucker for <clears throat> these, these, uh, very detailed kind of, uh, dwarven skins. Another one that's not actually a Halloween one, but I think is awesome for Torbjorn is, uh, the Magni skin. Of course, World of Warcraft bleeding into our Overwatch, but that one's really cool. Um, so yeah, Viking, honorable mention. The other honorable, honorable mention I want to shout out is the Corsair skin for Ana. I think that one is, is one of my faves as well, but I'm also yes. a sucker for pirate-themed skins. So, like yeah. Does she have a parrot there? I don't remember. She has a green parrot on her shoulder. Yeah, I like I, that one. I love it. So, In terms of my top three, though, uh, I mean, spoilers, I, I agree with Alex. Number one, Cultist Zen. You know, it doesn't get oh, better yeah. than that. It doesn't get better than that. But I'm a big fan of the Swamp Thing Doomfist skin. I think yes. that one's really well-designed, uh, nice colors. Doomfish. It. Doomfish, yeah, that's right. And then the other one is the Sigma Flying Dutchman skin. I think that one is, again, you know, I'm a sucker for the pirate-themed skins, uh, but I think that one's got to be one, one of the coolest <laughs> ones uh, in the game. So, Yeah, the there glowing one. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Omni? Gumption, shrewd or spirited initiative and resourcefulness, as in... She had the gumption to put her foot down and had Dan off from those crazy schemes. Okay, I'm curious. What did you just Google to get that? I just Googled gumption to <laughs> get the definition. Oh, okay, for the Toronto ever, Defiant team. You got some okay, real gumption. Say, have we even used this word like on the show ever? Like uh, Curious. No, this is the first, well, we just first and last time. <laughs> oh. um, so, as you know, Halloween has come and gone, and typically, what happens with the uh, jack o' lanterns that you may have carved and left out is they find themselves uh, used as uh, all sorts of peripherals uh, to a variety of different sporting events. So, I have to ask you, gentlemen, this: um, Do you know how, if your pumpkin or jack o' lantern happened to be used as a, a bowling ball uh, to develop, say, crack, how you might be able to fix it? No. Uh, yeah. With a pumpkin patch. Okay. <laughs> Should have seen that one coming. It was right there. <sighs> it was. It was. It was. It was about right, as obvious as it gets. It was right. Right there. I mean, what can I say? 
I was actually curious because, you know, I don't want to do another Halloween joke. I just did one. But then I thought that's actually kind of appropriate because Halloween just happened. And, you know, that does happen. I mean, there needs to be more Overwatch jokes, but someone might tell you that Overwatch is the joke, and that uh, conversation just goes all sorts of sideways. I don't know, man. Like 250,000 uh, viewers? That's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's true. Yeah. But here we are at the end of a show, a long show, last of the long shows in a while. If you made it this far and you're not already part of the conversation <laughs> in Discord, RSP Discord is easily found by going to discord.io slash readysetpone. You can find us online at readysetpone.com and uh, at readysetpone on all the social media platforms. Uh, if you want to subscribe to Jordan's show, uh, One Man Watchpoint, uh, you can follow them by doing what, Jordan? Uh, go like, subscribe, share. One Man Watchpoint, an Overwatch podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Sir DRJM. That's at Sir Dr. JM. That's right. One Man Watchpoint does not have its own Twitter account. So follow me. What kind of scrub show is that? It's I like am a by one guy. the One Man Watchpoint. Okay. Oh, how come your Twitter handle is not the One Man Watchpoint? Yeah, that's, that should be true, right? Like One Man Watchpoint is, is merely one, one facet of the many things. That oh, you don't really have to answer you, it. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, she, his, your Twitter handle could be I am one man watch point. I mean, that would be appropriate. That would be very I long, am though. one man watch point. <laughs> yeah. It's very dramatic. Unfortunately, you are not. Uh, and uh, yeah, on behalf of On the Adani Strife, Jordan Etzer, Dr. Jim, and myself, Chris Outlight Force, signing off this episode with Catchphrase. Thank you.